I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question. Hello and welcome. I'm Vic Cohen. We are broadcasting live from Skid Row Studios in downtown Los Angeles. The name of the show is It's a Fair Question. Because on this show, every question is a fair question. There is no question that is ever too personal or ever off limits. And tonight, there's no question you are going to love our guest. She is a talented actress. She's a model. She's also a very special human being. She's a very special lady. And I've had the good fortune to work with her for four years when I was a writer on the Howie Mandel show, uh, excuse me, on uh, Howie Mandel show, Deal or No Deal. And I want to welcome to the show, Marissa Petraro. You did a lovely job Didn't pronouncing I? my name, yes. <laughs> this is really weird. I can't, hey, um, I can't seem to hear myself very well in my headset. Is everything cool in there? Talking to Jeremy. Yeah, um, try uh, putting, uh, moving your headphones around a little bit. I just smacked him a little. Uh, I don't know. It's very odd. I don't really hear myself very well. Try the all. headphones next to you. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, there's headphones down there. <laughs> that, that is really good. <laughs> you know, I am the most technically unsavvy person I think ever. Because I was wearing headsets that were not even like, they were from further down the table. Like the ones that I'm supposed to be using, right. I wasn't using, Marissa. So, But they were placed there. So I, They were placed there. I think I was sabotaged you by were. the former person here. <laughs> yeah, she, I can see her through the glass. She tried to screw me over like that. I don't like that. She's giving a thumbs up. Yeah, she thinks it's funny, <laughs> making me look bad in front of all of our millions, trillions of listeners. <laughs> Let's start from the beginning. No, I'm not going to do the whole thing. But I am really excited to have you, Marissa Petraro. I am so excited to be here. It's so nice to see you after is it? all these years. Well, yeah. Is it? Take a good look at me. It's been a long time. You look the same. Seriously. Really? In five years? Mm-hmm. I feel the same. That's good. Actually, I really don't. I do feel older. You do? I do. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I'm just tired sometimes. <laughs> Maybe because, yeah, you just didn't get enough sleep. Maybe that's it. But Maybe I don't feel tired now. You've completely energized me. <laughs> and the uh, Starbucks. No, no, no. you. <laughs> I, I it's all okay. you, Marissa Parker. Yes. <laughs> Why? Okay, I did some research on you. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I take you very seriously. I wanted to come prepared. Right. And I discovered that you have an alias. I do. At least another stage name. Parker. What is that? Parker Posey. Um... You know, it's one of those silly things. Nobody could ever pronounce my last name when I was growing up and going into New York to audition and everything. So when I packed my bags to come to LA, I said, I'm going to change my, my last name. I wanted to keep the P and then, I don't know, just Parker came up and I used it for a while. And then The Sopranos was really popular. And I'm like, I want to get on that show. There's no way I'm going to get on the show with Parker as yeah. a last name. Um, I still didn't get on the show, but I did audition for uh, David Chase, actually. Okay. For one of the finals. And he shows. was the, wasn't he the writer? He was the creator. And was, so was he also a director? Um, he may have directed some Because that's episodes. interesting to me that you auditioned for him. Well, he's the, he was the guy who. He who was did the, the casting. I mean, he, he was, yeah. Okay. He, he well, was the guy who was going to say yes or no. How'd you get that interview? Uh, through my manager and agent at the time. 
Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I understand changing last names because um, my last name, a lot of people don't know this, is actually Schwartz. Oh, is it really? But my grandparents didn't want anyone to know that we were Jewish, uh-huh. so they changed it to Cohen. No, not true. <laughs> it's like, that makes no sense. I know. Biggest <laughs> idiots. The dumbest grandparents. <laughs> that didn't happen, by the way. And I didn't have dumb grandparents. It's always been Cohen, no. right. which is as Jewish as they get, as Petraro. Is Isn't that a type of drink? As Italian as it like, gets. Um, isn't that a, is it a vodka? Jeremy knows. He knows his Petraro. drinks. Jeremy. Are you thinking of Patron? Yeah, that's what I am. <laughs> I am. Tequila. Yeah. Okay, thank you. You can go back now. (laughs) There's a Petraro Canyon up the PCH. Hey there. Slightly different. That's not, that wasn't, I hope that wasn't your nickname in high school because that would be horrible. No, no, it was not. (laughs) Be for, uh, it'd be for people who are very bright. You know, like, you know, like, (laughs) I guess you wouldn't even know what that is. So um, I, w- I looked about, up your credits uh-huh. and uh, it said you had over 70. Really? Yes. Wow. I didn't now, even know that. Yeah. Do you count like when you walk to the store as a credit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not really that old, like 70 credits, but I looked at them. I was, I studied them. Wow. Very closely. I'm going to have to quiz you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, no, don't please. But I saw that you do a lot of, you do everything. I mean- mm-hmm. You do you do small films, shorts. Mm-hmm. I love shorts. Yeah, yeah, they're fun. It's a way for me to just stay creative while, you know, I'm waiting for the bigger thing to come along. Well, some of the bigger things I saw in your credits for Days of Our Lives, Dexter. Do people recognize you from Dexter? Uh, no. I, I did two episodes. I think it was season four. Were you killed? So. Uh, nobody knows, but no, I was not killed <laughs> on the show. Okay. <laughs> was there blood? Uh, no, I had no blood. What would you, what did you do on the show? I played Dexter's next door neighbor's girlfriend. Okay. Who then does not um, really appreciate his kids. So I knew that I wasn't going to come back. Aw. Yeah. But I noticed a lot of the rules, your, your description is beautiful woman. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Um, it's I've a had few a, of them. I've had a couple of those. Yeah. 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 That's um, a, how does that feel? Like I've never been cast. No, no one's ever said next to my name, beautiful man. <laughs> I think I'm beautiful. I think you are. You're a very you. beautiful person. Well, thank you. Yes. But that's kind of funny, isn't it? To have that as a title. Yeah. Well, especially for TV, I guess they have to just sort of like come up with something, certain things. Yeah. Um, I also saw that you were a host on TV Guide's 50 Sexiest Men on TV. That's right. That came through being on Deal or No Deal. Yes. A couple of us did it. I always miss those lists by one. Do you really? Yeah, because I was 51. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it always happens, all of them. But so unfortunately- I think 51 is better than- It's not bad. How did you like working on uh, Desperate Housewives? I loved it. I loved it. I think it was the first time that I got to to play an Italian role and, um, and speak- the Italian language. So that was great because I grew up speaking Italian to my parents. And they're Polish, which is so strange. Yeah, I know, right? They're it's like, really what the bizarre. Fuck is they, she we had, we didn't understand each other at all. <laughs> but that, but you were Sign very language. proud. Yeah. <laughs> so you were, uh, now you're speaking Italian. Does that mean that uh, your parents came from Italy? Uh, yes, Italy. And I have some Argentine blood in there as well. My brother okay. was born in Argentina. Really? Mm-hmm, like the Pope. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're Catholic. He, he's, you're Catholic. An, he's an he's an Argent, he's an Italian Argentine. The Pope. Yeah. As okay. are we. 
So you feel very connected to this new Pope? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> Evidently. You're the first guest to bring the Pope up. <laughs> And particularly so early in the interview. Right, exactly. It usually comes later, right? And it's funny because I had about three questions about the Pope for a little later. Oh, fantastic. Not really. No, I no. already knew. Yeah, <laughs> so we covered that one. Uh, do you consider yourself Catholic? Um, I grew up Catholic, um, but I don't really practice. Were you um, one of those kids who was very serious about your religion when you were a child? No. Do you, you went to no. Catholic high school. I went to Catholic grammar school, high school. And um, college, correct? And uh, no, co- uh, no, college, no. Really? That wasn't a Catholic wasn't college? It wasn't a Catholic college, no. Hmm. Um, My research says otherwise. <laughs> really? What? Yeah, that school you went, Keene or something like Keen that? Keene is a Catholic. That's what I believe, but I could be oh, mistaken. Really? I don't want to, you mistaken. would know better than me. Um, I didn't. What was with the Catholic thing? Your parents were very devout Catholics? No, not not like crazy, you know, devout Catholics, but you know, they they we went to church not every Sunday, but we mm-hmm. went to church and you know, um, prayed and had the icons, you know, around the house and and all that. So, what did your dad do when he moved out here? Because they were immigrants. Uh, yes. So my dad, um, he started um, actually he started working for General Motors online. On like the, a blue collar factory worker. Factory worker in. In, New Jersey. In New Jersey, uh, yeah, for General Motors. And also um, they were landlords. We had a little uh, apartment building that was attached to our house in Elizabeth. So they- he, And they, he was really handy. Like he was into construction and building and and all of that. So he made enough money where not only could he provide for himself, but he was able to buy a piece of real estate? Mm-hmm. Yep. How old was he when he came I here? I mean, when they came here- uh, they probably came in the late sixties. Um, so he was probably like, thir- I guess, thirty. Did he come with some kind of money? Yeah, I think they came with like a little bit, but Enough, very, just very to little. Get going. Yeah, and then he just. My father is a very hard worker. Is is or you know, was he's retired now, but very hard worker. And I think um, I got a lot of that from him. You know, just kind of keep working. What's his name? Away. Angelo. That's very Italian. It is. What's your mother's name? It Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> Very Italian name. My Angela? My, Angela. Her name's Lena Marissa. Lena Marissa. That's mm-hmm. pretty. Yes. Angelo and Lena Mar- Marissa. Marissa? Marissa. Is that why That's your That's her name? middle name. Uh, my mother wanted Marina for myself mm-hmm. and my dad wanted me to have Marissa. So he won. Now, I was talking to you earlier and you said that you were doing some work on the show Revolution. Yes. Would you say that's your one of your biggest, most current credits to date? Um, one of the most current credits, yes. And Not one of the biggest roles. <laughs> but, but that's a huge show. But yeah, act, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I had a blast. It was are, great. Are you in how many episodes? Uh, just the final episode. So that's huge too. Mm-hmm. So if it comes back, and uh, I won't give things away, but if I don't die on the episode, then there's a chance I can come back for season two, maybe. Well, good. I hope <laughs> that works for you. That would be very exciting. That'd be great. Yeah. You said to me that you, after the, after that shoot, you said, I went, talking about you, you said, I went back to North Carolina. I went back to New Jersey to spend time with my mom. Mm -hmm. But you didn't say I went back to spend time with my mom and dad. Why is that? Because they are divorced. And uh, my dad lives in Miami. Uh, They got divorced um, over 20 years ago. That's surprising me. Oh, really? 
I did not know that. No. Well, it surprises me because they're Catholic. Right. Divorce is frowned upon. Right. It is. And they right. were devout. They sent you to a Catholic school. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you know as a child that their marriage wasn't working? Um, wow. <laughs> You're getting deep. Um, you know, there were good times and there were not so good times. And um, um, my mom, I guess, you know, tried to keep the family together. Uh, and I always knew, I guess, like when I was going to go off to college that maybe things would not stay together. Are you the youngest? I am. So mm-hmm. It's just me and my brother, and he's uh, nine years older than I am. So were you a surprise? Uh, no, they want, my mom, they were trying, I think they were trying. So you, did you have a sense that it was a justice sense, or were you told, you know, when you get out of the house, I think things are going to be, diff- we're probably going to get a divorce? Um. Maybe when things were not going so well, maybe, you know, those words may have come out. That's a know. burden, isn't it, as a child? Um, to think you're the reason when really... Oh, no, no, no. Might, I never thought I was the reason. The reason they're staying. Yet oh, they're unhappy. Oh, right. Like that becomes right. a reverse burden. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, you know, so young, so I didn't really were you a teenager, see it you? that way. Well, yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was uh, 18, I guess, when they got a divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was tough. That was a really crazy year. It was a it was a tough year. Um, my parents got divorced, and then a couple months later, I was diagnosed with cancer. And a couple months later, no, before my parents got divorced, my brother got divorced. So my brother got divorced, then my parents got divorced, and I was diagnosed with cancer. It was a fun year. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Any one of those things, obviously, or mm-hmm. particularly the the cancer. Now, I, you've been very open about cancer, um, the, what you experienced. And I wanted to talk a little more about that. You had um, what I understand, it's called uh, rhabdomyosarcoma. Rhabdomyosarcoma. Oh, almost. RMS. Rhabdomyosarcoma. No, I'm right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't correct me. I, know I have I'm a list. I know about your cancer. <laughs> your cancer. It sounds so horrible. The cancer you had. It's not like your had. cancer. <laughs> That's such a bizarre way of putting it. it. Yeah, I know. I know. There's no copyright. You're not getting residuals from people who, God forbid, get that. That would be horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, all, it's called RMS, mm-hmm. correct? I said that right. RMS. Is that's that, is that's that what they, they say on Wikipedia. Is that, what, is, that, is that how it's kind of... Yeah, you know, like the, the acronym. acronym. Mm-hmm. But say it again, please. Rhabdomyosarcoma. And now say it in Italian. <laughs> Rhabdomyosarcoma. Oh, that was so beautiful. <laughs> that was so sexy and know. romantic. So you found out when you were 18 that you had cancer. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? What were the symptoms? Uh, I was uh, living away at Rutgers University, going to school there my sophomore year. And, um, you were in college? I was. At, as sophomore at 18? Um, yeah, I started school a year early when I was a kid. Is so that, I was oh, always okay. a year younger than everybody in my class. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So you're at mm-hmm. Rutgers and what were, what was going on? Uh, and so I, you know, at school, you know, when you're writing your, your arm is, uh, on the table, right on the desk. And, uh, my hands would always get, my hand would always get painfully numb, my right hand. I didn't understand why. And then one day, maybe like a month or two later, I was putting my hair up in a ponytail. I was wearing a short sleeve shirt and I noticed I had a lump 
you know, on my arm. And I'm like, what the hell is that? So I went to the campus doctor and basically they said, oh, you just bumped yourself and uh, it'll go away. Mm -hmm. So that was good for me. And then another month goes by and it's Christmas time now. And I sort of like sheepishly, you know, show my, my mom, my parents and, and they're like, you're going to, you know, to the family doctor tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of how everything. Did it hurt? It didn't hurt. No, it didn't hurt. Just sort of like hanging around, you know, just when I would, it was, the tumor was pressing on the ulnar nerve. So What's when the I, ulnar nerve? It, it runs down your. From your the forearm. palm of your hand mm-hmm, like to the inner elbow? I think so. Yeah. All okay. the way up too. And you were feeling it in there? It was so hitting the nerve? So if I, if I was pressing on like the table, you know, mm-hmm. like just press. It's that part of the forearm mm-hmm. that hits. Yeah. Now I'm so, looking at your arm and there's a scar, there obviously. Is. How long is that scar? Um, there's two, there are two scars, it appears. There's like here to here. So it's you've got the long. forearm she's pointing that it's goes like maybe past one, her bent two, elbow on the three, outside. Four. Maybe like a seven inch scar. How quickly after that uh, meeting with the doctor did you have the surgery? Uh, so I went for a biopsy and then waited actually on my 19th birthday. Literally that day? Mm-hmm. Was there a symbolic reason for choosing that day? No, it just sort of like happened. Mm -hmm. And did you have just one surgery for this? Uh, No, I had the tumor removed. And then after I had the tumor removed and um, they defined it as, you know, being malignant, then I had to get a portacath inserted in my chest. And that is, um, it's like this little doughy substance with a metal base with a tube. Mm-hmm. that they insert under your skin and that's where you get your chemo because otherwise your veins in your arm wouldn't be able to support the chemo that you're getting so um, you were for getting, the year. Now, when you would, you did chemotherapy for a year? For a year, mm-hmm. yeah. I was in the hospital for a week, home for two weeks, in the hospital for a week and home for two weeks for a year. You missed school for a year? Um, for the first six months, I dropped out of Rutgers and then um, after six months, I started to feel a little bit better. So then I started up at King University. Is this the, uh, the kind of chemotherapy? I don't know if there's other kinds, but where you were nauseous, throwing oh, up. Yeah, it was intense. Was it the kind of nause- nausea where you just almost thought, I can't take it anymore, just kill me? Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty intense where you're just vomiting like bile. There's like nothing. Because and there's also, no relief afterwards? Well, I mean, eventually. Temporary, but then. Eventually, yeah. And they had, um, at the time, I think um, I was one of the first patients to try their uh uh, I think it was called Zofran. Zofran, it was like a drug to sort of like um, a, um, calm the nausea. Did it help? It, uh, yeah, it did. Because the first time I had the chemo, I didn't have it. And that was like intense. And then when I went in the second time, they gave me the Zofran and that kind of helped. The second alleviate. time was just part of the protocol. It wasn't because the first didn't work. No, 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 no. Correct? No, it was like I was there. F- I was going to do it for a year. Okay. So I was in for one week, the, my very first week of chemo. And you did not have that drug. I did not. And, and then it was intense. Part of and the- then the second time, thank God, Zofran came around and then it kind of helped with the nausea and all that and the vomiting. And you've had no surgery since? Uh, I did have surgery actually really? after that, but it was a benign tumor that I had on my back. It had nothing to do with that? Nothing to do with that. Okay. From what I've read about this type of cancer, it can appear anywhere and it's very common for it often to affect the reproductive organs. The reproductive organs? Yes. Really? Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you're fine in that area. Totally. So it really affected just your right arm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, that's misleading to say just your right arm. You were 19, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. 
it affected a lot more than your right arm. Oh, yeah. It affected your whole mental state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. It was tough. It, um, oh, I'm starting to get a little... Um, yeah, because I realized who my friends were. You know, I had a lot of friends that sort of um, just fell away, dropped away. Freaked out? Um, maybe. You know, we had a friend that passed away from cancer about a year or two before. So um, I think that's probably what happened. So beyond that, some friendships, what about life? I mean, you're, when one is 19, they're not thinking about death. No, but I never thought I was going to die. I just thought, oh God, this is such a pain in the ass. I'm going to have to do this for a year. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. I didn't think I was going to die. If anything that was somber, I, I thought that um, my arm was going to have to be amputated before I knew what was going on, you know. Now, this, now, I have something called Crohn's disease. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of it. I don't know much about it. So like yourself, now it's not cancer, but like right. yourself, I discovered I had something wrong with me that's somewhat serious. Again, I'm not trying to pretend it was cancer. Right. No, But, but it was very life-changing. Right. Uh, it's an intestinal disease where the, right. where the um, intestine thinks there's uh, an invader. So right. it becomes inflamed. And eventually, if it becomes bad, it narrows to the point where one would need surgery. Okay. Because it gets so closed and narrow that nothing can pass. Right. So it can become quite serious. So I discovered I had that when I was 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I had my first surgery for that when I was, uh, I think I was 23 or 24. 20, I think 23. Oh, that's intense. Yeah. So, especially like going through your teen years. and. Well, I and- think it's affected me in ways I don't even completely know. Right. Not like I'm insane, but- I don't know what it's like to be young and not have a medical problem right. or something hanging over my head. Right. Because from what I understand, your type of cancer, the kind you had, can come back. Um, That's what it says. And I'm not trying to scare right. you. Right. No, but, well, with any cancer, it okay. can come back. That's a good point. Back. Right. Do you have that hanging over you? No. Because I, uh, um, since I moved to L.A., um, and just became more uh, open to trying different things and just becoming more um, eating healthier and really doing things homeopathic and natural. Uh, I really take good care of my health and I, I can't imagine it, anything coming back. When you were 19, when you had the surgery and found out this, you had this life-changing mm-hmm. issue, did you do any therapy afterwards? Uh, they made me go see a therapist. Who's they? Uh, they, the doctors, I guess the oncologists, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went a couple times and um, and I was like, well, I'll go just to go. Uh, and the therapist was like, you're totally handling this fine, you know. And so I just went a couple times and that was it. And I've seen therapists, you know, like over the years here and there. Um, just about I, life. Just about life. Yeah, I think it's good to go every now and again. I but do I don't get, I don't go all the time though. How did the experience shape you as now being a woman? Um, definitely, uh, you know, well, being in LA where, you know, people start getting excited over the most ridiculous things. It, it keeps me grounded. And um, what, what do you mean by that? Um, I just know what's important. Well, what are the ridiculous things you're referring to? Uh, I don't know. Somebody flipping out because the car cut in front of them or... Um, I, they the, the the manicurist didn't 
put the right color on their nails, you know, just the most ridiculous things. Um, uh, so, you know, you can't like sweat the small stuff, you know. And you consciously don't? I mean, of course I have my moments. I'm, it's I'm gotta not, be hard not I'm to. Not, You're yeah. human. I mean, I'm human, I'm, you know, um, I'm not perfect, but, um, but I, I can always sort of like take a step back and say, okay, Marissa, you're being ridiculous, you know, mm-hmm. so. So you're able to still remember what that was. Yeah, of course. And how do you, when having had cancer at such a young age, do you label yourself forever as a cancer survivor? Is it, is it part of who you are now? Um, I mean, I don't like go around saying I'm a cancer survivor, right. but if I hear somebody say that they're a cancer survivor, I always will, well, not always, but sometimes I will sort of say, you know, I am too. And it's sort of this bonding thing that you don't even have to say anything to each other. It's just like all in the eyes of like, we know what we went through. Right. You know, and I don't know if you can, for me, the the challenge was that with my first surgery mm-hmm. um, that I had, they found out after they began the surgery, when I was in surgery, that I had a, uh, a narrowing in another part of my intestine and they had to fix that too. So there were two problems, not just one. And they were so inflamed when they removed different parts right. of me that they had to actually give me a temporary colostomy because it was so inflamed they couldn't reconnect to my intestinal tract. Oh, wow. So I went into surgery knowing I was going to have part of my intestines removed. Right. But not knowing I'd wake up with a colostomy. So in surgery, I then woke up with a colostomy. I mean, coming out of it. Right. Which was terrifying of for course. me. Because for a it, young man, you know. Well, to think that they can do anything to you oh. when you're in surgery. Anything right. can happen. And I was terrified right. for my surgery afterwards because when they were to reconnect it. So I don't have a colostomy now. Right. But it was it really affected me. Right. And did your surgeries affect you in any way? Um, like today or, or is it just a past memory that you got through and you feel you've well, healed? There was not, not the surgeries themselves. There was something that they had to, the day before I had the major surgery, they had to, um, they had to put this tube up my sort of like my pelvic area. A urethra? Y- yeah. I don't know. I is don't this know. for I urine? Forget, I forget like, what it was called. No, 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 not No, they had to put a, um, it was like a little tube with a camera to see like where all my veins were. Uh-huh. And so they had to just make a small incision around my pelvic area and pull, put it all the way up so that they can go up to the That's arm. That's freaky. And see. I forget what it's called. And, um, but they're like, we're not going to give you anesthesia. We're just going to sort of like give you something to, uh, so that you won't remember. Well, <laughs> I was flipping out and they wound up, giving me double the dose of what they were supposed to give me. Because you're in excruciating pain. And I would not let them touch me for hours. <laughs> they hated me. And they were well, doing everything. I think like they even brought in a clown or like, <laughs> I was like, you are not touching me. And I think after like, I don't know, five hours, I was probably so exhausted that, you know, obviously I let them like- you Finally, know, they did the procedure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that always- that stays with me. Do you ever uh, look at life like anything could happen any moment or um, are there any kind of like emotional scars like that? Um, Not that some, that's necessarily a scar, some, but. Yeah, sometimes I do, but sometimes I think, no, I'm protected by angels. I always say like I have angels protecting me all the time. Ever but, since ever since that incident, you know, um, I, I always feel like I have angels watching over me. Which incident? Me. You're talking about having uh, cancer? Having, yeah being diagnosed with cancer. Is that, was that where you became more spiritual in your life? Uh, no, not at that time. 
uh, when I moved to LA is, is kind of when I became more spiritual. I read a book called Many Lives, Many Masters. Yes. And um, that talks about past lives and uh, and I never really had an opinion either way. And But just reading that book just brought me on the spiritual path. Are there angels here in the studio right now? I think so. Really? Mm-hmm. Are they more on your side of the room than mine? <laughs> They're everywhere. Really? <laughs> They're everywhere. Would you ever loan me some of yours? Of course. Really? I'm sending you an army of angels. I really could use them. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're sending you an army of angels. So here, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So you... Um, you you chose a career that's uncertain, <laughs> completely unpredictable. I mean, and financially, emotionally, it can be, if mm-hmm. one isn't f- firmly grounded, it can be excruciating. Mm-hmm. You went through cancer. You left your family, all your support <coughs> to come out to pursue your acting. Mm-hmm. That's brave. Um, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I had to do it today, move to a new city and kind of just start from, from, from fresh, I don't think I could do it. Why? Um, I don't know. I think when you're younger, you just, you don't know you're a little more ignorant, you know, you're kind of like, I'm going to rule the world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So. But you know, with the kind of career that you're in, I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um, unless you make a certain amount of money in right. the union, you don't have health insurance. Right. If mm-hmm. God forbid you had another health issue. Yeah, that's always been my concern. And luckily I've always managed to have um, health insurance. I think there was like a couple of years ago, maybe I didn't have insurance for a couple of months and that was a little scary thing. But I've always had it, luckily. Did you, Not that, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. did you make a conscious choice that I, this is you talking, that I'm not going to let the health thing stop me from pursuing what I want to do in life? Was that a specific choice or was it just kind of a natural, of course, you didn't even think about oh, anything well, else? Well, when I got, when I um, was getting better from my cancer, I definitely um, said, I've always wanted to uh, pursue the acting. I mean, I had been doing it, you know, theater in New York and whatever. And What'd you do in New York? Like Broadway, off-Broadway? Oh, yes, I was on Broadway. It's a fair question, <laughs> Marissa. You're, you're... I was opening up different shows well, on Broadway. You, no, well, just, you know, off-off-off-Broadway and, and studying. You've done a and, lot. You know, it isn't com- mm-hmm. completely crazy for me to ask that question. No, of course. I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. you might, because you know you. Right. But right. for me, looking at your credits and other right. people, mm-hmm. you're that... Talented. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, that's a legitimate, but you don't see it. Often, I don't think we see ourselves as others do. I know. Yeah, so, we, we don't. So, so I know you're joking, but, you know, that's that's totally believable that you could have. But you were doing I, it, you were acting in New York, doing what kind of work? Um, I, um, theater. I was doing uh, a live? lot of uh, live theater. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I love, I love live theater. That's for the actor. That's for the actor to play. Right. Well, it sounds like you just love acting. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you, you just do. did a ton of stuff. Uh, you know, like you continue to do uh, all kinds of work, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're probably even getting paid for it or getting or what you're getting paid or if it's future. You know, there's all kinds of exactly. deals with SAG. Right. SAG being the Screen Actors Guild. It's all about the people that you work with and the creative process. And um, yeah, I mean, if the people are good, why not? 
Right. You know. if, if you'd like to give us a call, the number here is 800-893-9562. That's 800-893-9562. Again, I'm Vic Cohen. This is Vic Cohen's It's a Fair Question. And taking all those very fair questions is Marissa Pat Parker <laughs> Petro Petraro. 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 <laughs> yes. So um, you, we talked a little bit about um, the spirituality uh, and you're, that you have, you consider yourself to be kind of a spiritual person, right? Oh, so I was, I was saying when, when, um, when I was uh, diagnosed, it was, it was kind of like you know, anything can happen at any time, and so you have to follow your dreams. You know, you just have to go and do it because tomorrow may never come. So, so that's that's that. Did you talk to your? Uh, how do your parents react when you were sick? Well, I mean, they were upset, of course. Were they speaking a lot of Italian very fast? There was, there was, well, well, they were divorced. They had just gotten divorced. Ah. So um, there really wasn't much communication between them at the time. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, my, my mom didn't want to believe it, <laughs> you know, I think. Literally even, in denial? Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. not cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even after the surgery, it wasn't cancer. Yeah, I think so. Really? I think so. I hope she's not listening. Like, I don't want to burst her bubble. Not. No, no. Yeah, she just, um, she just didn't want to believe it. I mean, she was supportive, and you know, did she want a girl? She shaved my head. No, I looked like you. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, then you were very lucky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that must be a very hard experience for a mother. Right. No, it was. It was very difficult. Were you? I, I always say, thank God it happened to me, and not to anybody else in my family, because it's oh, it's. Um, it's, it, it was harder, it was harder for them actually to see me sick. Just like, you know, right. it'd be hard to see somebody else. Ill. The cancer that you had, um, had not spread, correct? Luckily, no. Okay. Mm-mm. Cause I read that there's an 80% survival rate when it hasn't spread mm-hmm. and 30% if it had. It's well, a f- two thirds survive. Wow. Okay. Then that's lower. Mm-hmm. And it's very rare. There's only probably like 300 cases a year that get diagnosed. Why do you uh, go public about your cancer? Uh, Because I believe in paying forward your experiences. Um, I spoke to a girl who um, had just finished chemo and uh, a a type of sarcoma. And um, I received a phone call from her when I was first diagnosed. And she spoke to me like, okay, so the chemo sucks, whatever, you're just going to do it. And then you'll get over it and you'll go out and drinking with your friends and you'll have a blast, you know? And we had this like little conversation. I was like, okay, that's inspiring. And I just sort of like said, okay, I just have to get through this year and then I can go have fun. And um, so that helped me a lot. I never met her, um, but it really stayed with me. And that kind of, that conversation got me through the year. So I want to do that for other people. What about the idea that as an actress, mm-hmm. you don't want to be perceived as sick or in any way vulnerable to becoming sick mm-hmm. that would stop you from doing a job? Right. So therefore, to let people know makes you vulnerable to perhaps not get cast. Is right. that small thinking and unrealistic? Well, I think when you're diagnosed with something as severe as that, I mean, you can't, you can't work. I, you, I couldn't have worked. 
No, but I'm talking about after you have oh. cancer. Oh, after. Oh, you that, could keep that, it under wraps. Oh, that people wouldn't have hired me because I had cancer in the past. Yeah, like uh, that never never occurred. No, Mm-mm. because you know, having my own experience with the Crohn's disease, mm-hmm. it's something that I've not. It's been hard to totally talk about their everyone because people don't understand. Right. Sometimes. Right. They right unless and they like to label. Unless they've experienced, if they haven't experienced uh, a medical issue, they don't understand. Right. They don't. And, they and, don't. and also. And it's sad. Well, there's also, um, you know, there's this idea. I don't know if you've ever heard it, uh, but like we're as sick as our secrets. Mm. Now, some secrets aren't, I believe, appropriate to share. Right. At least publicly. Mm-hmm. It's fine with a therapist or, or someone right. close. But there are other secrets that actually are liberating. They are. By sharing. Mm-hmm. I think at any, I think any secret can be liberating because even though it can be debilitating for you at the time that you may be talking about it, there's always somebody else that's sharing the same thing that you're helping with your story. Well, I definitely, I, I know there's benefit in, in sharing it for others. Mm-hmm. The question is, is it detrimental to me? To you, right. In the sense of would someone... You know, and the truth is, no one's looks at, looks at me, and my people know, you know, that have cast me and things. It's like because my it's not active; it's not even an issue. Right, right. And the other thing that's really, but are you so? Are you worried that I get worried about bringing yeah, it up? You do, yeah. And I try. I don't really not, and it's not. I don't even have a problem with the right. actual illness, like right. any SARS symptoms. Right. I'm totally in remission, as you'd say. Right. But I get paranoid. You know, like maybe someone that would think, might. oh, he could get sick one, even though it's never happened actually, right. you know, other than years and years and years ago. And everyone has moments. Right. Like, oh, so what's wrong with them? Even now, I feel like I'm trying to defend myself in case someone listening were to think, hold that against me. Right, right. Because right. I, and I don't know if it's just in my own head or not, you know, if there oh. would be some, that kind of prejudice. Right. But it's better for, I think it is better to be open. I think so too. Um, I, I think so too. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry if I were you. Yeah. Well, I, because, yeah, I wouldn't worry because I mean, you're talent, you're so talented that they would be ridiculously stupid not to bring you on board. <laughs> well, that's very sweet of you <laughs> Because to say. of something that happened or, you know, this illness. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and also what's, um, what I think is really interesting is um, how everyone has something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody does have something. And... Just because I don't know what it is, or they may not, right. or they may not know exactly yet. Yes, <laughs> until they get into therapy. Yeah, that too, and it's unlocked. How does your experience with um, cancer have affect you as an actress? As far as uh, is a positive, as a positive. Um, well, I mean, when I was working on Deal or No Deal, uh, it was great because I, I it was a huge forum to sort of talk about it. There were a lot of people emailing me parents and and so I, I love that I loved re- corresponding with them and trying to like keep their their minds at ease with with the illness that their kids were going through um, it uh, brought upon uh, I, I was asked to be the uh, the national spokesperson for the sarcoma foundation of America which was really nice um, so I did that for a couple of years um, so um, I don't know. Everything happens for a reason, you know. Here you are. Uh, you're not a model, really, like no. classically trained model. 
correct? In our, model, our models <laughs> classically trained. Of course they are. That Tara Banks show, that's classically, that's right. you go to that show, that's Next right. Top Model, you're classically trained. That's right. <laughs> that sounds like an oxymoron, I guess. It is. <laughs> okay, sorry. Kind of. Well, okay. But we had some people on Deal or No Deal, some of these mm -hmm. models who were- They were That's models. what they did. Like, that's what they did. Right. Yeah. And then there was Marissa Parker. <laughs> right. And what made you go in for that audition? Um, it was such an atypical kind of job for you. Not yeah. the modeling part, but just yeah. just in general, mm -hmm. working um, on a game show, working, you know. Well, I was always open or I am always open to just, you know, trying different things. My issue with auditioning for Deal or No Deal at the time when we didn't, I didn't, we didn't really know what it was, was, is this like secretly a reality show? Because I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It seemed uh, fun and I needed a job. You know, and, well, it's not uh, like you were hooking. I wasn't hooking. You know, it wasn't, right. It's an honorable job. It was an NBC primetime show exactly. at a family time of, of the night. Mm -hmm. Now, were you self conscious of that scar on your arm being a model? Um, not so much the one on my arm, but the one on my chest from my porticath. Um, because people, scar over there here. it is. So when I was, yeah, um, after you know, I, I. I was in remission with cancer and I was going into New York to, to model and do all that stuff. And people would look at me and be like, oh my God, what's that on your chest? They'd make a big deal about it. But people who you're modeling for? Uh, that, yeah, or I was going into audition or- So you had done some modeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. laughing when you said go see, because I've like seen- go see. I love it only because I've- <laughs> I hate to say it, but I've watched the, you know, Tara Banks thing. So I know like you're going on a go, go see. see, like right? I absolutely, the fact that I know term. what that is, it's like, <laughs> it's just that I know it. That's the, the most horrible part of it. Uh, um, so you did you, with deal or no deal. Um, I remember there was a, a time where there was a show, a primetime show mm -hmm. that wanted to use the models as a storyline within their show. On, it, oh, really? Yes. Okay. And this was an interesting moment for you. On America's, what, on, what? On Deal or No Deal. Yeah. There was a primetime series. Right. I think it was Medium. Oh, yeah. And yes. they wanted to use the models as part of their storyline. Yes. In their show. That's right. And all the models <laughs> signed on. But there was one who didn't <laughs> because this model wanted to protect her acting career. Mm -hmm. Because she's an actress. Right. Did not want to go on Medium. Right. Being an actress. Because then I mean, a model. it would take away my opportunity. And that was you. To yes, you were show. that person. I was that person. <laughs> right. Now, you took a lot of heat then. Yeah. Yeah, I did. But I had to stick to my guns. You know? And do you regret that? No, not at all. Were you the only model who said no? I think I may have been. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I was. And I thought that was a, that was a very strong choice. Um. It was a big deal at that moment. Mm -hmm. You were offered money. I mean, it was right. going to be a paid job. Right, right. And residuals and, you know. Um, I, yeah, I, um, I, um, I had to stick to my guns, you know. Yes. I, I didn't, I mean, doing Deal or No Deal was fantastic. It was great. Um, but um, uh, I wanted to do more than just model, you know. So it was, um, I had to. Uh, make that choice. I had to make that choice, right. yeah. And there were no repercussions, but. No. Someone else, another person on that show in your position may have succumbed to the pressure because they didn't want to upset people. Possibly. But there were no repercussions for you, correct? Uh, no, 
No, there wasn't. You were asked back on Deal or No Deal. Of and, yeah, I and was. things went fine. And everything was fine, yeah. I see those angels always protecting me. <laughs> what are the angels all about? Um, I don't know. It's just something I say, something I, um, I don't know. I just think that, you know, we have protection around us or we don't or. Don't right. Know. But if, and this is probably inappropriate to say, but I'm going to. Okay. I just want to know when you are making love. Right. Are there, that, are there angels around? That, well, the angels aren't going to provide you protection <laughs> right. that you're looking for. You're right. I mean, I think it's great you have angels you're protecting very you. You're right. Yes, yes. But I'd hate to see some unforeseen thing right. happen because <laughs> your protection failed you. Exactly. Hey, you know, that would be um, a good uh, condom, like a, name, a new name for a condom. The angel? The angels. The angels protection. I, I, I do like it. <laughs> we, You could pursue that. I, maybe, yeah. I need an investor. Have there been times that angels in your mind have come through? And I'm not trying to make you, I, I want to make this clear. I'm not, I believe that there's something bigger. So, yeah. and I do think yeah. there's a force of some sort. Of course. Yeah. And I feel it like when we talk and certain times I feel it in life, mm-hmm. the, the, the angels that someone's looking over you, mm-hmm. but it's something, it's not someone, correct? No, it's just something. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I, higher power. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I agree that there is something, like I said, I, because if you can't me. say that no, there isn't, then how can you say that that there is? And, you know, it's well. I agree, and also I don't. I think if I say there isn't, that I'm may, I'm becoming God, <laughs> and I don't want to be God. Well, I because if I know so much, I become God. Then you become God. But we all have God within us. I agree with that, mm-hmm. but I don't believe I'm solely God. No. No. I looked at um, I looked at a couple. I'll be honest. As part of my research, and I'm not saying that um, tongue in cheek. I re- truly was looking okay. at the gambit of your career, uh-huh. and I noticed there were pictures of you modeling. You were in Maxim, mm-hmm. and you know I had a hard time looking at those photos. <laughs> I was so nervous when I did that. Well, I was so nervous. I'm, I am because I believe in total honesty. <laughs> You know, especially mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. it's important. You've been very honest. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's because I know you, I've gotten to know you through work a bit, mm-hmm. but that there's the beauty of you, your soul, who you are as a human being. <clears throat> and yeah, and looking at the photos, for me, kind of, it cheapened it. <laughs> right. You know, because it, it made you about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's no sense of the humanity mm-hmm. of who that is. Right. And do you find any inner conflict in that? Or am I just thinking too deeply and I just had my own experience that was just me at mine and that's it? Well, when I did it. Um, and I'm not cutting you down for it. <clears throat> no, no, no. I mean, no, they're no. beautiful photos and that's a big deal to be in Maxwell. No. no, no, not at all. <clears throat> I was excited for the opportunity. Um, but, uh, but some of the photos I was like, oh my God. I'm going to die. Like, I just thought everybody's going to see it and my career is going to go nowhere. I don't know why I thought that. But um, uh, I don't know where, where was I going with my, I lost my train of thought of where I was going with Well, that, I but. said to you that I didn't want to oh, look at the photo. Cheap, cheap and I don't mean cheap and use a human being. Right, right, right. I mean, what you are yeah. is so much more than the bathing suit. Right. And seeing a lot of your body. Right. You know, well, actually, speaking of bathing suits, when Deal or No Deal decided to do their first um, bathing suit episode, I also did not participate. 
<laughs> you are such a hypocrite. I was you would a, do a maxim thing. I was such a pain in the neck. What you want to, you no, would participate. I didn't part. I, I eventually did. Like I didn't realize what a pain later, you were. But the first time, no, I didn't. I didn't want to do it because you were an actress. I just didn't want to be seen. In I a just didn't suit. want to be seen that way. What yeah. if they said no bathing suit, just completely <laughs> naked? Completely we're going to blur you. Just black. Yeah, like black bugs. Would that have worked for you? That would have worked better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm amazing. They kept. I'm amazed they kept you around, Marissa. I know. Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah, the medium thing, that was like whatever. They didn't care, but the bathing suit thing. That's a that, big deal. That was a big deal. You're paid yeah. to be a model in that they, show. Yeah, I and, became an alternate for that episode. Yeah. Um, were you paranoid about your body? Um, it was the very last minute. It literally was like, we're doing it tomorrow. So you felt that you weren't so, given fair warning. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I didn't want to be seen in that light anymore. Yeah, I did the Maxim back Oh, that was back before. Then. Yeah, like back in, I don't know when it was, 2000. I didn't know that was before that. So I didn't, Wait a minute. Yeah, the Maxim was when um, I was promoting Pumpkin. I did a- That was after Deal or No Deal. No, 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 that was way before. Well, 2000, oh, 2000, mm-hmm. right, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that that was before. That was before. So you've kind of so changed. So I didn't want to, yeah, I changed. I didn't know that, years, okay. And I was like, I don't want to be seen as that girl. So my thoughts kind of reflected your own thoughts. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was an interesting experience- because the man in me, right, you know, right, the reptilian brain, <laughs> right, would, but right. I just didn't want to, right, you know, yeah, and uh, and I'm happy I didn't. Good, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, so um, <laughs> if people wanted to uh, like see your work in the future, like what do you have coming up? Um, well, uh, the season finale of Revolution. I'm just in it for a little bit. Um, and uh, I actually shot a pilot presentation um, with Armand Mastriani. He uh, he directed uh, the Celestine Prophecy and a bunch of other things. Um, and it's a pilot presentation that you know we're hoping that HBO picks up. But it's funny. It's comedy mafia. I play a porn star <laughs> who doesn't ever show her skin. Go figure. Are you naked in it? Uh, no, not all. But it, I mean, whatever, you know, that to me, that's acting. It's a little yeah. different than. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's comedy. It's comedy. And what's that called? It's called Meat. Nice. M-E-A-T. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see your career's really taken off. Good. You're doing porn. Yes. <laughs> called, and, and that's no, a legitimate it's, it's, film? It's funny. No, no, no. It's a, it's a pilot presentation oh, for, okay. for TV. Mm-hmm. And is this, this would be like a regular role on it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You say you'd be playing a porn... A porn star who owns... She owns the porn. Her and a partner. She has a partner. What a great role. They own the porn. Yeah, no, no. It's funny. It's great. Yeah. That's really cool. I hope that works out. When will you find out? Oh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe later this year. Okay, good. I was also seeing that you do a lot of, um, in your life, like use vision boards as part of your spirituality, I suppose. Oh, vision board. Yeah. Is that still happening for you or um, is that a phase you like part of what you were going through at some point? And- I go in and out of it. Um, I was actually part of this vision board book um, mm-hmm. where we created, um, they brought in an artist to help me create a, a vision board for, um, uh, for the Sarcoma Foundation and uh, for the Tomorrow's Children's Institute, which is the organization that helped me with uh, the cancer that I went through to raise a million dollars for them. So we created this vision board. And actually, What does your vision look like for your life? Um, just being in joy. Marriage? 
One, yeah. Children? No children. Divorce? No divorce. <laughs> no divorce and no children are not in my... Is that because you're you're not able to have them or no. you just chose, you don't, you just, decided you don't want them? I don't. Really? It's never what? been this burning desire with me. I don't know. Oh, that's interesting to me. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, it's hard. Is that because of your life experience being a child? Was it Uh, a painful childhood and you just... No, 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 no. I didn't have that painful childhood. I just, I don't know. It's just never been this desire for me. I, you know, I I like kids. I mean, I have a beautiful niece and... and Why do you hate kids so much? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't hate kids. I'm totally kidding. You know, um, what I find really interesting about... um, the children thing. I don't have any kids either. Right. Is that it? Do you want kids? I'm, I'm open to it. Okay. But you said you don't want any. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No kids. Deal breaker. Yeah. No, no, that's okay. I'm open. I'm open. I said, I'm not sure. So my decision's been made for you. I, you know, I think it's really interesting when people don't want children or say they're not sure that that, that becomes a fascinating topic. It does. You know, like why if someone chooses to not have children, they just chose not to for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. We don't get that fascinated by someone who says they do want children. People become very judgmental when they hear that. Oh, I know. And I don't like that. Yeah. Now I'm being judgmental. <laughs> but I don't. I don't think that's... Right. Yeah. So possible marriage. Yes. No children. Do you think that perhaps one of the reasons that you're not married... Mm-hmm. Have you ever been engaged? Uh, close. Before I moved to, um, before I moved to California. But th- I... Sorry? Before I moved to California, close. I didn't have a ring, but, you know, it was almost going to go that way. Did you have a guy? I had the guy, okay. yes, for a couple of years. And I want to make sure it wasn't an angel. <laughs> <laughs> Just to see if you're grounded in any reality. <laughs> right. Well, I'm happy there was a guy there. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, I just decided to go a different route. So. Right. Do you think that the, your, the, your parents' marriage has made it harder to, for you to maybe commit or to find, to go that route? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I do want to get married. It's just a matter of finding the right person. You know, yeah. my um, I have a good bullshit detector. And um, so... That's great. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's... I don't believe there's any rush. Right. I mean... No, there's no rush. Because there's so many people who just... I always say being... Anyone can be married. Right. I mean, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get married for the wrong reason and... Right. Yeah. And a lot of my married friends, I don't know if they're mm-hmm. so thrilled. Right. Some are. Some but, are. Some aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're about to wrap it up here, Marissa. Okay. Vic. Have you had fun? <laughs> I had a blast. This yeah? is great. You're, this it's is, been. This is really nice. It's nice to see um, a different side of you. Well, good. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Same here. <laughs> it's been good to show you my other side, if you know what I mean. I don't even know what that. <laughs> that was really creepy. Well, we're talking about Crohn's disease. Yeah, too, that's so. really hot. <laughs> That's very sexy, I know. <laughs> uh, if people wanted to get a hold of you or follow you, um, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, I'm on Twitter sometimes, um, Marissa Pacharo, and uh, on Facebook and um, marissapacharo.com. Spell your last name for everyone. It's P-E-T-R-O-R-O. And it's M-A-R-I-S-A. Yes, one S. Okay. Thanks again, Marissa. It's so great to have you. Thank and to you. see you here. And I hope we can keep in touch. Absolutely. This and is do great. this again. And good luck with everything. And thank you for listening to Vic Cohen's It's a Fair Question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. 
fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. 